Blog Talk Radio. today. Welcome everybody to Drive Through HR. It's our first show of September. It is Tuesday, September 3rd. I'm your host Robin Schooling and joining me this week um is my is my friend um my um my co uh, troublemaker occasionally but known to happen. <laughs> yeah. And um a really fantastic uh Storyteller and voice for um, for recruiting and HR technology and all things related to people. So welcome, Jackie Clayton. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate all of the kind words. Yes, it's good to be here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad you're here, and I think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a fun little conversation today. Um, but before we kick that off and dive into our questions, you know, this is this is an HR show, and so yeah. I like to ask the most cliched interview question ever to uh to get you introduced to our to our listeners so tell us about yourself Jackie well i was born on a wednesday night it was a cold night <laughs> i'm just kidding um so yes i actually am currently the director of success for hiring solves but how did i get here I actually started um, as a business analyst, took some time off, and started my recruiting career at Robert Half, and did the agency still for a while, and mm-hmm. um, moved on within my career, but really stayed focused on uh, the recruiting piece, later going to corporate HR and recruiting for a spell, and uh, through that time was really passionate about sharing tips and tricks and information did a lot mm-hmm. of writing and later went on to ERE Media and SourceCon and then after that recruiting daily for a while and I really focused on HR tech and was yeah. kind of a tech analyst which brings me to where I am today where as the director of success and helping people navigate through um, our AI solution but really navigate through all the tools that they're using for yeah. recruiting and trying to give them um, all the resources to be successful within that. Did I do good? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Cool. And you know, That's and accurate, I and right? I think, um, you know, and I and I think one of the things that that always struck me in your time with uh, with Recruiting Daily with ERE um, was your ability, your continuing ability to to kind of break break it down um, for practitioners. You know, break. Here's here's the problem we want to solve X Y Z, um, and okay I've, I've I've demoed these 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 tools you know here's this technology that's out there now, and here's you know here's a little bit about it and here's how it can solve X Y Z issue I I think you're very good at that I think that's always been, I appreciate that yeah yeah lot lot of value I always with talk this, to me like a five year old like. I try to I try to explain it as if they're a five year old, and I always would go to the people like explain it to me like I'm a five year old. What does this do? Because yep. 
they say so many things that people get confused. <laughs> what are you talking about? So I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a gold mine. Yep. Well, and then and then it's you know uh, buzzword this, buzzword that. You know, um, oh, maybe fifty vendors doing sort of the exact same thing, but they have to find a way to differentiate themselves and. Uh, as the as the buyer, as the user, as the end user, as the recruiter, as the TA lead, whatever, it's it's overwhelming, you know. So we we, yeah. we in the in the trenches in the day to day, you know, folks rely on voices, you know, the folks that are out there kind of breaking it down, and that and that's I I, I spend. A lot of times, a lot of time. Sounds like I'm sitting there doing it all the time. But you know, I love connecting people to um, to resources. Or you know, Sally Sally HR says, "Oh my gosh, I need a new you know HRIS, and I don't know where to start." Well, I can't tell. I'm not going to necessarily go in and tell her where to start just with that sort of blanket statement. But man, I've got a repository of resources to. <laughs> To tell her to go right. to because there's people put that together. Yes, so. uh, yes, there's a lot, and you're right. I think it gets very in so much noise in the space, yeah. and that's why I'm glad that uh, here what we we are gonna end up talking about today is getting when people say put the human back, like in human resources, and yeah. understand what we're dealing with and how the technology plays into it. That yeah. With with all that noise, people forget what their job is. I mean, we used to, as recruiters, used to just recruit people. Yeah. There was no talk of branding or, you know, like how you videos and video yeah. interviewing. I mean, I guess I'm dating myself. But we didn't do that. We just found people. No. That was our whole job. Yep. <laughs> now it's like so, so many pieces that you have to break it down because we're introducing new technology that never existed. It just keeps coming out every day, and it's trying to figure yeah. out if it's going to work or not for our needs right. and what are our needs, right. you know. And, and yeah. people are selling constantly, and it's just a frustration yeah. for all of us. Yeah. So what we um, so let's start breaking it down because what we what we thought we would talk about today is is that candidate that candidate journey, um, you know, and there could be three hundred steps in that candidate journey, but I've I've, I've, sure. I've kind of in my mind break them down to sort of you know four kind of big steps. You know, you're sourcing, you're recruiting, you're interviewing, you know testing, doing your selection procedures, and then ultimately your offer. So kind of four four steps, four stages, key stages. So what are, you know, to dive into this, what are some of the key actions in those steps? You know, in, in other words, what do we do, what, what do we do at the front of the process when sourcing, when recruiting, um, to ultimately lead that candidate down the path, ideally to a job offer? they're the right candidate yes right yes and it, it does start at the beginning of the process I think mm-hmm. what people get caught up on is the description from the hiring manager and mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes are trying to put just trying to turn the widgets and whether it be the the density of keywords or skills or you know whatever it is we get caught in looking for the, the skeleton, do you fit these basic needs? 
Um, yeah. But we forget to add to that step, would this person be a good fit here? And an example yeah. is that is that if you worked for an auto manufacturing company and you're looking for a developer, you might want to add cars in your search to see if there's somebody who, even with all of the resources on Twitter and Facebook and everything else, can you find a developer that also has an interest in cars? Yeah. Then we know that this is going to be closer to the spot in the sourcing sourcing process. If you yeah. have a company in various areas. Is this person attracted to those various areas? Like, do you, what do you have to offer? And is that, uh, does that connect with the people that you're sourcing already before you even talk to them? Because you're going to have an edge in that. So I think starting from the sourcing process in order to make sure that this person will accept the offer when we get there, try to find people that have in an interest or some type of relationship to your industry or your company. Mm-hmm. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the next part is, again, when you're going through the recruiting process, try to get to know your candidates, not just tell them about what the job is, various things like that. But because of life and how it happens, there are things that, uh, people will will offer up that you might need to make note of that might seem really unimportant. Like, for example, when you're calling and you're talking to someone and you just say, did you have a good weekend, right? And they might yeah. say, oh, yeah, I took the kids out in the boat and we did this and this and this and this. So if you're offering a job and it's landlocked, you might yeah. not have as big a choice, right? They're giving you tips. Um, and little breadcrumbs along the way. I always say if you build the proper relationship, your candidates will always give you the answers to the test well in advance. Yes. So keep those things in mind as you're talking to them and going through the recruiting process. And most of the time when you hear about horror stories, it's because the recruiter is kind of saying, you know, it slices and dices and makes Julian thrive. And I don't think that um, it's easy to forget that we're dealing with people and lifestyles and families and locations and commutes and all of right. those things that we, we don't keep in mind. Right. Right. And I think that, I that think- you know, I, I look back at um, updating myself here too, right? But, you know, old school, old school, I'm doing, I always do, you know, air quotes, doing air quotes right now. <laughs> um, you know, old school, old days when it was, um, you know, uh, put an ad in the paper. Somebody sends in a resume. You pick up the phone and you start having a conversation mm-hmm. with that with that candidate. So you do start sort of um, building that relation. It, it felt like you were building that relationship, human to human, a lot earlier. Now, yes, the pace is quicker. Technology's in place to help us. We could communicate, email. You know text message, you know, whatever. Um, it's it's less personal just from that, is it? Would you agree? It, it can be. I mean, it is less personal, but at the same time, we have access to so much information. Yeah. It's ridiculous that we never have. Yeah. I mean, you can go, like, just a very simple piece, if you go and you find somebody on Twitter and you look at the tweets and replies, 
can tell you so much about a person right. and their basic sentiment right. of what, where you need to go in, uh, who are they following, and who's following them. You can kind of put some of the pieces together. And yeah. um, you're right, because sometimes there are, there are instances where interviews have been scheduled and the recruiter has never spoken to the candidate on the front ever. Right. Um, and it, it is very fast-paced. And that's why if you want to have an advantage, you need to make sure of these types of things in the sourcing process and in the recruiting process um, yeah. on that journey because – it's funny because if you look at somebody's, if you look at their social, you can see, would this fit in their journey? Our company in this position fit in their journey that they're already mm-hmm. on, or at least the one that they're mm-hmm. presenting. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you can kind of hone in and focus on them. And it sounds creepy. I mean, there is a very fine line between information, getting information and stalking. We've, we've yeah. all talked about that. But yeah. it definitely feels nice when people are paying attention to you and because of the way that our industry is going with with um you know all the programmatic processing and and ads that we have now and cookies Mm -hmm. and people following people that we expect them to know us whatever it is you know when i order a pizza i expect them to know i'm a regular pizza hut orderer And they'll say, oh, do you want to do what you did last time or blah, 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 blah. And it's the same part where there is a a certain amount that they expect that you already know when you contact them. Right. So what, as we're we're dealing with with folks, taking them along this journey, and um, we've done that first outreach that's, you know, we've, we've, Mm -hmm. we've established some mutual interest. We're moving the person along into the interviewing phase, you know, come in and meet with hiring managers, whatever it may be. What what sort of information, in general, uh, what sort of information now are you seeing that candidates want delivered by that that stage in the process? Um, Is it video? Is it, um, is it, is it text? Is it a responsive website that shows them what the culture is like? And how do you show them what the culture is like? What are what are candidates looking to learn by the time they're at that, yeah. at that stage? A lot of time, and it depends on the size of the company, um, but they really are looking to see what type of company, what is the culture, do they seem to have fun, does this seem like it's real? Um, is yeah. this like the worst, like you will totally bite yourself when you're using stock images or yeah. any tokenism, you know, as an African-American woman, I hate it when you can tell, like, it's like they got all of the underrepresented groups and said, let's go take a picture. Um, yeah. yeah. You want to see those things. So people are really looking for transparency before they go to the interview process. Now, once they get there, it's our job as HR and recruiting to let the hiring managers know if there is any concerns or anything that's going on, something that the candidate wants to address um, Mm -hmm. so that they can hone in on those issues to see, you know, the red flags along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think one of the worst things that, that we do is we don't share that information, and the candidate has to tell the same story over and over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah. The more they feel like, you don't care about me. You don't know anything about me. You didn't even look at my background. Yeah. And they're offended. 
<laughs> it's offensive yeah. for them. Yeah. So it's important to just share that information. But the, I think more than ever, candidates are looking for that transparency, and they want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And and just because it might, there are things that you're not most proud of, whether it be your level of diversity or your promotions or your salary, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. you see Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. People would rather you be honest so that they can make a decision, a well-informed decision, than to feel like they're being mm-hmm. tricked. And or decide if they even want to participate in the process. Because I think one of the problems is when we talk about, you know, candidate experience, if, if mm-hmm. is we, and I'm using the collective general we here, but we don't share enough information with our candidates early enough in the process. I would rather have people right. self-select out, you mm-hmm. know, before that interview stage, um, you know, but we tend to, hoard information and I don't understand why um until we get to the point of the offer and and I'm right. I'm thinking in particular and this is very nuts and bolts kind of dry unsexy HR but this is very important to people people want to know okay um more than just the surface of oh what's your what's your medical dental vision plan okay you got right. it you got a 401k great and it's got a match whatever people want to know how that's going to affect their paycheck fairly early on in the process as well. So I have long advocated for and have done this at multiple companies um, over time is, you know, be be transparent with that kind of stuff too. This is not some huge trade secret at the end of the day. Look, your employee portion of the medical will be X, and this is what it covered, and here's a basic plan summary of everything that's covered and what your out-of-pockets potentially would be. Give people that stuff ahead of time. Because there are people yeah. that will make a, it's a family decision, you know, and they may be making a decision based on the most unsexy stuff that we, you know, we think it's unsexy. But mm-hmm. I think of the the number of people that aren't given that information until they get a job offer. And then they're trying to make a decision with stuff that they could have been told, you know, eons ago. Here's, the, here's, right. here's your vacation pay. You know, stuff like that, even. I, it's so it's so important. I, you're right. It's, there's no need to hoard on to that information because you don't want to get to the end of the process and have it go sideways. Um, right. I always encourage you have to close your candidate every single conversation that you have. Once you've established yes. and they are said they're interested and you're starting that interview process, you need to give them the friendly reminder every time you talk to them. So just to make sure... Um, I'm clear. Even if they call and say, what's the address? And then you give them the address and say, just really quick, I just want to make sure this is the job, this is the title, this is what it pays. We've, since we've spoken, if everything works out and they offer you a job at this rate, are you willing to accept? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the other thing you have to ask is, what has changed since the last time I've talked to you? I don't think that we recognize that once you start looking to them as, at, for a job, some candidates, not so much the software, because everybody tackles all the software. Yeah. They get hit all the time. But other candidates, once you start talking to them, they may not have been looking for a job, especially the passive candidates, will say, oh, I'm valuable. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. should start looking for a job. Yeah. Where they weren't, you know, they're not fully active, but they're like, if some, this person has an interest, I should probably update my resume. The recruiters yep. are update on LinkedIn. All the recruiters are honing in. And they might get 
a, a different um, offer, and the last time you closed them was two weeks ago. And then you go to make an interview, and they were like, sorry, I already I got another job at a different company. Yeah, you didn't yeah. even know they were in the interview process. So just yeah. make sure there's no surprises, and so you should close yeah. them at that piece. Yeah. How, um, you know, we get we, we, we get them through this journey, and we get to that offer, and, and there's, yeah. there's the final close. Um, <clears throat> what, this is very general, because, of course, every individual is different, but, <clears throat> you know, if we've talked about influencing them and staying connected with them throughout this journey, what, what makes people decline? What, what would you say is the top reason that people decline a job offer? One of the things, well, I, I think the part of it is because that they decline the job offer is because there's other factors in mind. Like you were talking about yeah. the benefits, it's different when you're talking about one person, but it, it's something different when, especially if you're doing relocation. That's yeah. huge. Like the, the but it didn't take a village, um, but it does to make sure that they they do that. The other part is just to make sure that you haven't gone sideways on anything that you've promised. You need to make mm-hmm. sure that they have a full understanding. I mean, we talk about, and you know, I'm very passionate about diversity. Some of the issues that they have mm-hmm. with universities, people create their own narrative of things where they have no information because they're just guessing. And so we all mm-hmm. do that. It doesn't just go to, like, diversity recruiting. So if I'm sitting at home trying to figure out if I should have this job and I didn't get the answer to one of my questions, I'm making up the narrative. Right. And so – People get nervous because they don't have that information. And so um, I think that's a reason. The other reason that I think is the big piece is that you told the candidate it pays between 70 and 80. The hiring manager is always wants 70. The candidate will, yeah. will hear 80. You make them an offer at 73, and they'll say that's too low. Yeah. Like you have to, and that's why it's like, this is the rate that we're looking for you. If anything, you can go beyond. If they ask for two yeah. weeks, to like you have to make sure and be an advocate for your candidate um, or start looking. Because if they start yeah. hemming and hawing about what, what the offer is and they're not really sure, you, you're not done. And if the hiring manager says, I'm not sure, it depends, that's a little high, then you're, you're, that's not going to close well. And you mm-hmm. have to keep going. I would say that. Well, and, you know, and, and sort of another um... – Another place where I've seen it fall apart, um, I'd say especially over the last uh, five, ten years, is, uh, you know, the rise in work work from anywhere, work remote, work from home, yes. whatever you want to call it. And uh, the hiring manager, you know, I, I think by and large more and more candidates um, in any sort of position want that, request it. Um, hopefully are having that conversation up front or asking those questions up front, but they don't always do it. But they get in front of the hiring manager, and the hiring manager is really keen on this candidate. And, yep, yep, oh, don't worry, I can, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll let you work from home, <clears throat> you know, 50% of the time. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, you need an extra week vacation, not a problem, I'll, not a problem, you can have that. And so the candidate hears that, the hiring manager who – probably, you know, may may not have the ability to promise those things, pr- promises those things. And then you get to the mm-hmm. offer and that candidate sort of 
tries to clarify that. Let's say it's with, you know, HR. Hey, you know, uh, Bob told me I could get an extra week of vacation and work from mm-hmm. home. And then HR has to say, well, actually, no. <laughs> we don't make right. any, uh, you know, any adjustments to, you know, vacation is what it is. And, nope, we, uh, we, we don't have a work from home policy or you have to be here a year before you're eligible to do work from home. Yes. And, the and there's these policies in place. Uh, and that's a whole other show, right, of how HR needs to loosen up on some of that stuff. But um, it may just be what it is. And and so then that candidate is so disillusioned, and it's such an easy – you know, you look at it, and it's like that would be such an easy save, such an easy win. Um, and everybody digs in their heels and nothing happens, and you lose the candidate over a week of vacation. Right, right. I, I, I think that that's unfortunate, and that's the thing – I, when I was heavy, heavily recruiting for technology, I had a, 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 an account manager that would ask me what would go wrong. That was her first question. Yeah. She was a, a ray of sunshine. And I would have to think through all of the pieces, and I would say they would say, that looks like a little bit of a long commute. And I'd say, no, they said that they would be interested, blah, 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 and they were like, find me another candidate. They wouldn't even hmm. present the candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think some of us, we get in our own way. We know that these things, we try to force it, and we know it, like there's things that, that don't make sense. And so if they're not yeah. willing to accept the offer that you have on the table, um, I mean, how you start is how you finish. And yeah. and you need to find a candidate where that where they would look at this as an opportunity. Because we already know that's a red flag that they're going to leave for those other things if we can't supply yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. And I think it goes back to transparency, like we were talking about yeah. earlier. And you know, For and sure. I think because uh, now my brain is whirling of, of some of these sort of crazy, crazy reasons, uh, crazy from the point of the company um, that where candidates have turned down turned down an offer that should be just it should be so <laughs> easily solvable. I, I, I heard this story maybe I don't know six eight months ago from from a peer who was um, looking to hire hire somebody. And this particular person was not asking for the moon at, at all, but was really keen on professional development. And, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, make sure I can continue to be a member of XYZ, you know, networking group and um, continue, you know, I want to be able to go to a conference um, once a year type of thing. It, w- it would have amounted to some time away from the office and you know, a couple hundred bucks type of thing. Yep. And oh, I'm sorry, we don't we don't cover any of that. And it was so. Mm. Again, it does come back to if at the beginning of the process they would have been, they would have seen that that for this particular right. person that was important, and they were very involved and they were very much in the community and. Nobody had that conversation. I think in the candidate's mind, it was like, well, that's part of why they're talking to me is because they love right. this networking that I do and this involvement with a professional organization. They Obviously, they love that about me. And then when it comes down to, the at the end of the day, the nitty-gritty of, will you, will you allow me to stay involved with this and cover this couple thousand dollars? Oh, well, no, we don't do that. And they lost right. somebody over something so simple. And, again, something they should have known Known from the get go, seen from the get go. That's horrible. I think I think we forget yeah. sometimes. I mean, these are the our candidates are potential customers, they're our potential yeah. advocates, and experiences like like that. Then not only did he, you know, 
have that is he feels bad about the company in that experience or the hiring manager, but he's going to feel bad about the company and tell everybody their yeah. process. You could lose like twenty five customers because of of not managing it that way. Yep. Um, yep. You know, yep. Getting a ding on a glass door that could affect your ability to find other candidates. So. Um, you know, monsters live in the dark. As long as you're sharing the right information, people can make intelligent decisions, but then you know that it's going to um, last. Uh, I wrote an article a long time ago. It's called How to Recruit for a Shitty Company because I worked mm-hmm. at one. And what I found was I would tell these people about how horrible it was, but all of the candidates stayed, and there was never a shocker. They knew exactly right. what they were getting into, but it took right. a lot of extra work to find people who wanted to be in that, in that, uh, in that right. type of environment. But they exist, yep. so you just might have to work a little bit harder, and it might take you a little bit longer to, to find them. You know, that's just yeah. It. There's a there's a place for everyone, and and everyone for, and there's people for every place. I think really. Um, yeah, so we are. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. We're at the end here, Jackie. So. Oh, uh, no, that's okay. Let's do a real quick, uh, where can we find you? Let our list- listeners know how they can find you online, where they can get a hold of you. Yes, I spell my name a little funny, but it's Jackie Clayton. I'm at Jackie Clayton on LinkedIn, and it's J-A-C-K-Y-E. Um, I'm on Twitter almost all day, but that is a easy way to find me, uh, and I'd love to connect. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a a fast and furious and lively conversation. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Drive Through HR. And uh, talk to you later, Jackie. All right. Thanks. Bye.